Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I am your other host, Hill House from Good Games, Good Vibes on YouTube and Facebook. And welcome back to the show. <laughs> welcome back to the show where we uh, always stay on topic on the newest news in gaming. Um, if you're new to the show, You know, that uh, reminds welcome. me of this story. Um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, we uh, are a little not safe for work sometimes, and uh, we just talk about gaming. Uh, we try to hit news mostly, but um, we do sometimes just uh, shoot the shit about anything. Yep. Um, I'm hoping to incorporate more of that um, just because I feel like we really banter a lot. Uh, well, more, more weller, <laughs> a lot better on. Um, content that is just like spur of the moment like sometimes we just think about things that we haven't even thought about and that just we can just take that running so uh that being said um speaking of taking things running we usually start off running talking about games that we've played in the last week yep um the first thing and the only thing that i really played this week okay well disclaimer i did play a little bit of overwatch's new event last night that just dropped um the new game mode is pretty actually difficult. It's a game mode that is 4v4 elimination, so you have to win 3 rounds. And when you win a round with characters, you know, you can't use those characters anymore, so it's just like 3v3 elimination. The difference though is when you get eliminated within the round, you freeze into an ice block and Another player has to come next to you and use the interact button to try to revive you in a certain amount of time. So the strategy of the game is actually eliminating opponents and then guarding their bodies. It's a really weird oh, wow. mode. Um, it's it's kind of fun, but I will say if you cannot communicate with your team, it is very hard because the whole strategy is about ganging up on your opponents. <laughs> so whoever has the most communication really um, thrives in this new game mode. I forget what it's called. It's probably 4v4 Frozen Elimination or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting game mode. I think the skins are pretty good um, for the most part. There's some fun skins. I like May's new skin. Um, I think Roadhog has a really good skin that's actually not one you have to pull from a loot box. It's actually one that you can get just by playing week three's nine games you can get that one um but that being said um i haven't played much of overwatch but i just played probably like five games last night um but i did play the first like half hour of cyberpunk 2077 and i am playing still on a last gen console because Uh i have not been able to find a current gen console (laughs) um the uh last gen console a lot of people have been bashing on this game. So I was going to make this the topic of the episode, but since I did play it this week, I was thinking we can just talk about cyberpunk right now. Sure. At the beginning. Um, so yeah, that being said, let's dive into cyberpunk 27, 2077's like drama right now. So to get started with the drama, to get you, um, 
up to speed. I really feel like you'd have to be living under a rock to not have already heard of all this stuff. Yeah, you may exactly. have not seen every story, but you've seen a story, I'm sure. So, first off, when the game launched, uh, this is a game that's already been delayed a lot. When the game launched, um, a lot of players said that the game was extremely buggy. Its resolution and frame rate was horrible. And there were people running around giving it 2 out of 10s, 4 out of 10s, 3 out of 10s for a game that, you know, probably needs a, you know, a 9.3 out of 10 Metacritic if it was not in the state it's in. If it was up to its resolution and frame rate and no bugs, this is probably an easy 9 out of 10 game because no one's saying that the gameplay is horrible. People are saying that it just looks bad and it performs bad, you know. Um, so no one's actually bashing the storytelling, the game design, any of that stuff. But for some reason, um, that is all out the window because of the frame rate and the resolution. And I understand resolution is the number one thing. The visuals are the number one thing that's going to hit you when you're trying to play a game that's been hyped up this long and is marketed to be like a game that pushes next gen and a game that, you know, almost breaks your current gen consoles or last gen consoles now and, um, you know, pushes them to their best of their capabilities. So you would, you're thinking games that look really good on last gen consoles are, you know, Last of Us 2 looks amazing. Yes. Um, even things like, um, oh, what is it called? <laughs> oh my gosh, that other game that was on PlayStation. God, can't think of it. I mean, but even things like Doom Eternal and stuff, these games are like pushing the visual output of last-gen consoles, and they knew what they were working with, and they designed a game to look as good as it could on a system that was aging. And rather than focusing on last-gen consoles, it seems that CD Projekt Red, uh, above Cyberpunk 2077, has been accused of focusing too much on next-gen and basically just trying to release the last-gen version to meet that um, release date, I guess because they were done with um, delaying the game. And so there, there is the argument of they could have delayed the game again and again until it was actually had no bugs. And we've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast, yeah. and yeah. if you've heard us at all, we've talked about the fact that it's fine to uh, delay a game if it means no bugs and a good launch. But the thing is, Cyberpunk, you kind of feel for them because, at least I do, I understand there's a lot of angry people out there, but I feel for them because oh, I totally they've do. already delayed this game so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can understand that they were pressured to finally release it, especially before Christmas, especially being an independent uh, game developer, which is crazy. They're not actually a triple a title they're actually an independent game developer that's just really successful yeah um so i can i can understand that they'd be worried about their shareholders and they want to actually release this game on time for once and not delay it again and again so i understand that yeah but the thing is it was unfortunate that they were putting all of their eggs in next gen's graphics and that version hasn't released yet. If you go into yeah. the uh, Xbox store, you will see that the uh, optimized for Series X and S is not 
written on the copy of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, in addition, the PS5 version of Cyberpunk is actually running a PS4 version of it. So it isn't that people are angry at the progress that Cyberpunk has, that CD Projekt Red has done on Cyberpunk. The people are angry because they can't even see what they were working on. So all these delays were for the higher resolution version. And we we don't even see that yet. So uh, we're hoping it's what we've seen in previews and in gameplay <laughs> demos. Uh, but we still don't know because that version hasn't been released. Yeah. Um, so... After all that backlash, um, even with that backlash, there was a lot of people I was seeing in comment sections online and videos online where people were saying that even though this game was getting hit really hard with bad reviews, that it was still perfectly playable. Oh, yeah. And there was really nothing wrong with it to the extent of having a good time. Even some of the bigger so streamers very, that are playing it are saying that, look, you're you're, you're good. Uh, like Flow Driver, she's playing on a PS4 and she stayed, she put on Twitter that, yeah, you're, you know, there's an occasional blue screen and there's an occasional glitch. She goes, but other than that, it's just like every other game that's released. It, it has its issues, but it's not so horrible that you can't play it. It looks beautiful. I've right. watched some of the streams and I'm jealous because I would love to be able to play it. Yeah, so I am I was very skeptical before playing it. I will say that because I had heard almost even reactions from both ends of it either looking like some people were saying it looked like a PS2 game, which is not true. And some people oh, were absolutely saying absolutely not true. That they some people were saying that they couldn't tell the difference between the final product and what they were marketing. And the answer is in between. So it does, after I played it, it does look surprisingly uh, disappointing as far as graphics go because I will have to say it doesn't look even like it's in the top 20 best looking games as far as when you're walking through an area and the character visual models and stuff like it's not even in the top 20 i think of this year so that's that's pretty bad as far as what you're expecting from a game that's had this much hype and um so i will say that's disappointing but i will also say it doesn't look like a ps2 game and it does play fine i've had no trouble playing it um i just i think personally i'm going to um not play any more of it until february and I will get to why <laughs> just a second. <laughs> so Cyberpunk has released statements about this. Um, this is following um, countless people trying to get refunds for the game, which is yeah. still funny to me. It's funny it's that hilarious. people are trying to get refunds to a game that is perfectly playable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That means that you're trying to get a refund on a game that looks bad. So to get a refund just because the visuals are bad is interesting because that's... I guess there's a lot more people in the world than I realize that have no interest in next-gen consoles. Because to me, I've already purchased it, and I know for a fact, I didn't even mention this, but for a fact, the current versions of Cyberpunk that are on the market do look better on the PlayStation 5 and Series X. So if I was to suddenly obtain one, my copy of <laughs> Cyberpunk would look better. So that's another reason for me to not want a refund immediately. 
because I do I am aware of the fact that I am going to get a next gen console eventually. But maybe there's a lot of people that I don't I don't have that mindset where they're probably trying to milk last gen as long as they can. And they see this as if it doesn't look good on my PS4, I need to get my money back. So I guess I can kind of understand that, but it's just hard to get in that mindset because I've I've never been in that mindset. But uh, yeah, if you're trying to milk the last gen dry, I guess that's why you would want to refund because you think there's no hope for this game ever looking good on your current console. Then yeah, I guess. I guess that makes sense. But anyway, with the countless uh, refund requests through the Xbox and PlayStation stores, um, CD Projekt Red has released a statement where they said that there was a new patch being released shortly after the launch. And I was laughing because I bought this game on release date and the it fully installed the first day. And the next day it had like a 15 gigabyte uh, patch. <laughs> I was like, man, That's they crazy. rolled out that first patch really quick. <laughs> so after the first day, there's already a 15 gigabyte patch. They had a statement that said there was going to be another one in a week. And I believe that one is probably rolling out today or tomorrow. And they said that there would also be a huge update in January with new content and it was going to perform better and that they had another large update that was planned for February that would also make uh, last-gen consoles perform better. So they're currently promising that the game that we thought we were purchasing in December would be ready in February. Now, that doesn't sound too bad for someone who's already waited so long for Cyberpunk, but trusting CD Projekt Red with dates is kind of hard to do now. I do understand why people are kind of like, how the heck are they saying January and February when they delayed this game over a year and a half? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So... It is is a little bit giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt that they have their shit together. Um, But I I do think I'm going to wait a few months, Um, even if it's not February, even if it's like late January. um, I think I am going to wait till quite a few patches are released. Um, The game is perfectly playable, but I do not want to waste. My personal thing is I don't have that much time to game. Yeah. So I don't really want to waste my experience on that low resolution. And that's just me. The thing is, I already own the game, so I'm not really too concerned about the fact that it's not going to be patched. I just, um, I just want to see. I, I just want to experience the game for what it was designed to be experienced as. And I think what came down, what it came down to, was their crunch was too crazy, and they had to choose priorities, and they may have chose the wrong ones. They may have. It may have been more important for them to focus on last-gen consoles for this Christmas launch because um, I don't think... maybe Maybe they couldn't predict the fact that most PS5s and Xbox Series Xs were not going to be in the hands of gamers by Christmas. Maybe they couldn't predict the fact that there was more stock in scalpers hands and that focusing on next gen consoles was actually counterproductive because you know 98% of your player base was still going to be on last gen whether they liked it or not you know so i guess you couldn't predict that effect <laughs> but uh, that's what ended up happening 
And uh, that is where we currently are as far as Cyberpunk 2077 goes. Um, it's basically, they're just saying, try to get refunds if you can. And um, they're saying that you still have to follow Xbox and PlayStation's refund policies that um, it's not Cyberpunk not allowing them to <laughs> refund your games. They do have their own you know, system set up. And you have to understand that Xbox and PlayStation don't have to refund you your money because uh, they get a cut of those sales. So if they were to refund people, they would be losing money. You know, um, that's what a retailer is for, you know. But um, that being said, from what I played of Cyberpunk, it was it was pretty fun. I obviously um, loved the character creation. I don't think it was as in-depth as I thought it was going to be. I really, when we were talking about it over a year ago, when we were talking about um, customizing your junk and stuff um, <laughs> and pubic hair and things, when we yeah. were talking about that, I thought it was going to be more like Sims kind of customizing instead of it's a bunch of presets. So it is kind of disappointing in that sense. You can't like write, um, you know, you can't write your girlfriend's name in your pubic hair or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> but that being said, it does have a lot of customization. So, I mean, obviously you can make, you know, you can choose either male or female, uh, character, and then you can give them a male or female voice. So you can run around with a female character with a male voice, which is fun. But in addition to that, you can run around with a female character with a penis. So that's also really cool. So, uh, Kudos to Cyberpunk 2077 for being very inclusive. I think that's awesome because you can run around with whatever combination of genitals and voice that you want. <laughs> and you can totally customize it to whatever degree you want. There's no like That's awesome. There's no like um <laughs> There's no like um I'm just choosing this and I'm choosing that. So I I think it's I I I get the memes where people are saying is this a a like a sex generator game or something because when you start the game out it is really funny within like you haven't even started the game so you basically you boot up the game you say new game then you choose uh like what kind of lifestyle you want to be the background for your character and it's one of three lifestyles which i actually think is the coolest thing so far in the game i like the idea that you can play this game three times with different stories i think that's really cool uh, but then right after that, you customize your character and like, um, and like within like 12 seconds of you pressing new game, you can be customizing your genitals. I think that's what the funniest thing is about this game is that it's like, it throws that M rating at you really fast. <laughs> There's no beating around the bush. Can you imagine a kid getting this game like on Christmas and he's like, oh, can I play it now? You know, and like the parents aren't paying attention to the ratings, you know, because no parents do. But like the whole family's over, you know, in the house and he pops it into the living room PlayStation. <laughs> And within 12, 12 seconds, he's customizing junk. I think it's really funny. But um, yeah, word of warning. Uh, it's not like, so So there's things like Grand Theft Auto where um, it's got language, but you have to get past the entire intro and yeah. then you have to like do some missions and then you can go like, if you know where it is, you can go 
find the strip club if you wanted to. So you could get to boobs maybe in like 30, 40 minutes in GTA 5. But uh, no, this game's like 12 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So like word of warning for people opening the game on Christmas Day. Maybe don't pop it into the PlayStation in front of your entire family, but... Yeah, it, it it's pretty it's pretty jarring, and you're just like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that being said, um, while I'm still on Cyberpunk, I'll let you talk about what you played this oh, week. I didn't in play a anything, so um, go ahead and keep going. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, there's some interesting Stadia news going on. Um, it's related to Cyberpunk. I this is the only reason I really wanted to talk about it. Um, Stadia a while back had a pre-order deal with Cyberpunk where you got a Stadia controller if you ordered it on Stadia. And they also had that deal back in November where if you were a YouTube premium subscriber, you got a Stadia controller and Chromecast Ultra. So these are really cool uh, promotions that they did to try to get more player base. Um, but because <laughs> because Cyberpunk on Stadia runs better than PS4s and Xbox Ones, <laughs> currently Cyberpunk 2077 is best on Stadia, which is crazy. And a lot of people have reported this, and even Stadia jumped on it and was like, hey, this is actually a good way to market our game system is to say that currently the best place to play cyberpunk is uh stadia which is crazy because of that stadia had a huge influx in users and the service was down for a full day which is super unfortunate for stadia but i'm sure that stadia could only dream of this six months ago of the fact that they would have had so much usage that it actually crashed their servers so um, kudos to Stadia for finally doing a marketing attempt that worked. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's really crazy. And it's really interesting because it's more just like fate because the only reason that this could even work to their advantage is the fact that no one can find next-gen consoles. Of course, uh, the Series X and the PS5 would play either as good as Stadia or better but if your only choice is Stadia or your Xbox One or PS4, Stadia currently is running a lot better. <laughs> and that's that's insane. So yeah, a um, little bit of Stadia news that's finally positive. Um, I did subscribe to Stadia for a uh, a the pre-trial period uh, to test it out. So you get like a month of Stadia for free and you can download all the games that come with Stadia premium or whatever they call it stadia pro and i just wanted to check out how it played on my phone to like see the experience and i played a little bit and it was perfectly comparable i think it worked fine um i do think that it wasn't much different from me playing in the xbox app from streaming from my xbox i think it was very close to the same experience um now that's talking with an xbox one x so it that being said, it was close to the same experience, but yeah, um, yeah, um, I, I tried it, and you know, I already canceled my membership. I'm not paying ten dollars a month for <laughs> Stadia, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but I did try it out, and I can see if you didn't own a console, 
And and that was like difficult for you to get your hands on. Um, it's it, it's an okay experience. It, it's it's comparable. Like it works, you know. Um, but I think that's the trouble with Stadia at the end of the day is it's either marketed towards someone who has money to burn because it's just another subscription. And people, the number one thing I hear people talk about these de- these days is they can't handle another subscription yeah. because it's just flooding the market. And uh, that's that's working against Stadia pretty hard. The fact that their subscription is not only just another subscription, but it's an expensive one. It is currently the most expensive of what it does. You know, Luna is going to murder it when it comes out for $5.99 or $5, whatever they are. And uh, Stadia needs to be thinking about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like Stadia is either for someone who has money to burn or it's for someone who hasn't been into gaming ever. <laughs> And they currently just randomly wanted to get into gaming and they did not think of a console first. So it's really a weird market because like in a world where you didn't have a console and it was just easier for you to play games on Stadia and just buy a controller because it's cheaper and simpler and why not? That makes sense. But the thing is, I think the average gamer... Did I lose um, you? You, of any age is going to think of a console or a PC before they think of Stadia. So you'd have to be very, like, not uneducated, but you'd have to be very not in the know of anything related to gaming. You know what I mean? Okay, I put a marker where it was so I can cut out this. Okay. Um, I don't know what the last thing you heard was. Um, I was just saying that Stadia is really for someone who, like, is in the special place where they don't think of consoles first yeah and they just randomly decided to get into gaming and it's fine for that it's just it's just very unlikely that that person you know has a large population (laughs) but um yeah kudos to stadia for having a good day and then crashing so (laughs) I, i think that's ironic too like they they finally had a good day but because of that their service went down it probably lost them customers like that just sucks for them you know it does i do kind of feel bad for them because they finally they finally had some people on their service and they probably had people streaming from stadia and then publicly everyone gets shut down because it crashes you know (laughs) and then you have then you have all these streamers probably saying fucking stadia you know yep and uh yeah and then that's all that people remember was that Stadia crash while they were watching Cyberpunk 2077 be played. So that sucks. But anyway, they did for a short period have a good day. <laughs> True. We all get one. So they got their one. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, we can jump into the news. Um, I will let you talk about your news first since I just basically said half of my news right there. Uh, but no yeah, worries. let's uh, let's jump into the newest news in gaming. Oh yeah, it's time for the news, bitch.
All right. First thing that I've got today is uh, EA is buying a UK gaming company called Codemasters mm-hmm. um, for $1.2 billion. Now, they beat out a bid uh, with uh, Take-Two on this. And this is a big deal, actually, because this is a uh, – uh, uh, basically what this is is this is a, uh, a push to be the company in racing games. And uh, it, it's pretty yeah. obvious. I mean – that's exactly what they're trying to do. Um, they they've even stated that they want to lead the video game racing category. So this is just uh, it's a really good move on their part. Uh, um, it's it's kind of neat, you know, because you've got uh, in, in one caption that I read, it said the Formula One game developer is being acquired by the need for speed developer, which is kind of cool because it just makes you wonder what exactly is going to happen and and what uh what is going to happen to these major racing games like formula one dirt dirt rally you know need for speed yeah uh it's gonna it's gonna be extremely cool to see how it all turns out just because of uh the the technology uh, that is at the fingertips of both of these companies um now they're expecting this to happen in the first quarter of uh 2021 um and they're saying that codemaster shareholders are going to get seven dollars and 98 cents a share so that must mean that codemaster really doesn't have high uh market on their shares right now uh maybe these guys are getting (laughs) double what they put into it but you would imagine that these people probably own thousands of shares so they're going to get a little bit of money out of it and uh yeah it'll be a good thing all the way around i think uh um you know, one of the coolest things is the subscription services are going to be getting all the Codemaster games in the service. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool thing. I mean, racing category right now, from what I understand and research that I've done, is that uh, it's something that is actually starting to boom again. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, the whole, uh, uh, you know, COVID thing and everybody staying at home is – you know, people looking for new games to play. And uh, there's been this huge influx of people getting into racing games. So uh, it's kind of kind of cool to watch, too. I've been watching a few of them with uh, Wolfpack from the UK um, doing their thing. And uh, it's really neat to watch what these guys do. Sometimes they do 24-hour races where they, they each take a certain amount of laps. So it's, it's kind of neat to watch. But, um, yeah, man, this will be really cool to see what happens, uh, what kind of uh, cooperative stuff these guys end up coming up with. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, and also, uh, Codemasters also has Project Cars under it, which is just another oh, that's right. title. That yes, has another series too. That's right, and um, that makes like the only two racing games that are not <laughs> on there being um, the Xbox One and the PlayStation One being uh, Forza and. Gran Turismo. But besides that, everything's going to be owned by EA. (laughs) That's true. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's, going to be either you play, either you play your console exclusive or you play an EA racing game is going to be what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, in more, in more EA news, uh, the, um, EA game subscription service uh, for Xbox Game Pass. Um, that's not going to be integrated into the Game Pass for PC until 2021. Um, and actually, that's something that I, you know, included on my Game Pass was the EA 
the EA game subscription service and uh, which actually I'm, yeah. I'm kind of uh, uh, EA play that is. And I'm excited about that, too, because just because um, I've been thinking about getting into some racing games lately and I've actually thought about getting myself a little wheel and some pedals just to to see, you know, you know, what is it? You know, because I used to love those dirt games. I love the dirt rally games. And uh, um, I've been thinking about getting back into that. So uh, anyway, they uh, had talked about uh, there have been uh, posts uh, earlier that um, talked about a mm-hmm. merge that was supposed to happen sometime this month. But uh, they did do a new post and it said, unfortunately, what had been a celebratory post is now one asking for a little more patience. Uh, and this is on their blog post and that they made the decision to delay until 2021 the release of EA Play on PC as part of the Xbox Game Pass for PC and Ultimate memberships. Um, they didn't give any details as to what caused it, etc. cetera. Um, just basically needed more time. Uh, and that's understandable. You and I, once again, we've talked about it before and, uh, it, um, you know, uh, it, it just, uh, it, good things come when you wait for this kind of stuff, because what they're doing is they're fixing the problems. And so if we're patient about it, it's, it's going to be cool. Uh, one of the cool things is, you know, we already get all these Microsoft owned games, you know, and studios, because you've got to remember, we also talked in another recent episode about Sony and Microsoft are buying up all of these developers, uh, like just gobbling them up, man. And uh, you, you got to imagine that the games that are going to be coming our way are going to be absolutely incredible. So, um, but the cool thing about it is EA play also offers EA published games like star Wars squadrons, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. which we already get to right now on Game Pass through Xbox, which I've been playing and I absolutely love it. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, also Apex Legends. So there's all sorts of really cool games that are going to be coming with this for PC. So uh, just give it a little bit of time. Be patient with it. It's going to be happening. And uh, you're just going to have this huge library of games that you'll be able to play. So, yeah. Delayed. Yeah, Game Pass is unbeatable right now. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> Game Pass is it, it, compared to everything else. It's just th- there's really no other choice right now, as far as I'm concerned. It just makes a lot of sense. Uh, next thing I want to talk about: Amazon Luna Cloud, the gaming service, is now available on Android. Uh, that's on some Pixel, Samsung, and OnePlus devices. Now I was looking into it, and I was going to give you a list of all the devices that. Uh, are included in this with the supported devices devices um, um, that came from an Amazon spokesperson, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of stuff to read. So I'm probably not going to do that. I'm just going to give you the basics. Um, you're going to need, uh, <laughs> you can use the, uh, you know, like I said, there's certain pixel Samsung's and one plus devices. Uh, if you look up those three uh, on Google for this, you'll easily pull up the list. And uh, you're going to be needing to use Android 9 or higher and the Chrome version 86 or newer. And the reason why is because, of course, this opens up on Chrome, uh, the Luna service. So um, you'll need that uh, in order to do it. There's no separate Luna app. I imagine that eventually that's going to be coming. But you instead, you access this through the Chrome web uh, browser. And... um, you know, it's kind of cool. I mean, this initially it it this had early access in October, right? And that was on PC, uh, yeah. Mac, Fire TV, th- that kind of thing. iPhone, 
I remember that um, iPad. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, you're going to be able to have it on uh, uh, Android uh, with just certain devices. And um, there are two channels that are available right now on this. It's a $5.99 per month Luna Plus and uh, the uh, Ubisoft uh, $14.99 per month Ubisoft Plus. Uh, so you get that plus you get the uh, the uh, it says you get the uh, Ubisoft Plus channel gives you access to Ubisoft Plus on PC and on Google's cloud gaming service Stadia. So uh, it's only available in the U.S. right now. Everybody knows that uh, there's some people that are uh, listening to us from other countries. So unfortunately, you guys don't have it yet, but you should pretty soon. And uh, yeah, so that's where we go. And uh, back to that list. And I'm not going to read it. Anyway, oh, one other thing is you can use Amazon's <laughs> Luna controller, but you can also use the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One controllers to play these games. So that's kind of a plus on that also. See, that's just another that's just another jab at Stadia. They're just they're playing hardball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. Every 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 freaking uh if you listed the details of Luna, like every like feature Every single one is a jab at how it's better than Stadia. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that that's rough. Uh, we've been talking recently. Remember I uh, we were talking about the uh, uh, DMCA's uh, people getting uh, hit on their video VODs, their video on demand after streams uh, for having music on it, copyrighted mm -hmm. music and whatnot. Well, um, uh, Twitch had come out and they put out Twitch soundtrack. And this was supposed to be uh, something that you could use in order to um, uh, play music, uh, certain un or uh, uh, uncopyrighted music um, on your uh, on your streams. And that way it would play in your VOD. Your VOD wouldn't be muted. So at least they'd still be able to hear you and enjoy the entire video. Well. One of the cool features and and or clips, this also included clips. So now there's a new OBS update and this is in conjunction with Twitch. And what it is, is basically um, it, it makes everything better to where you can put a double soundtrack on. So uh, Twitch Soundplay will uh, our Twitch soundtrack will go to your number two audio track while your uh, main part of your stream, your microphone, etc., and game will go to the number one audio track. So by doing this, you will be able to strip that recorded music, that music out of your recorded broadcast of your video on demand. So your video on demand won't be um, uh, silenced. You won't have to worry about any of that. Now, while you're live streaming, they're going to hear the music. But when your video demand on demand okay. comes up, you can go to Twitch and go boop and erase the music and they'll only hear the gameplay, etc. So this is going to be a really good thing. And I think what's going to happen is um, OBS uh, putting this feature in their system because I've already gone ahead and done the update and I've checked it out. It's going to be really cool. And um, I'm going to I'm going to try to learn more about it tonight so that by tomorrow I'm able to play regular music on my stream and be able to strip it from my video on demand and not get DMCA. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, uh, this should be a, a fix for a lot of streamers. I think this is going to bring a lot of people back to OBS. And it's, well, until Slobs itself comes out with <laughs> their own version of this. 
because uh, I'm sure they're going to drop on the Twitch bandwagon also. And then uh, uh, this is going to be a, a lot of streamers are going to be using this because you're going to be able to play music again without getting um, you're going to be able to live broadcast the music, but you won't be able to uh, uh, have it on your video on demand. So you won't get banned anymore. So it's going to be a good thing. Uh, now, as far as this copyrighted music war that Twitch is having with the music industry, as far as this being able to solve it or solve it itself, that's not going to happen. Um, we both know that, mm -hmm. uh, the world knows that it's going to be an ongoing fight. It's going to be an ongoing battle. And quite, quite honestly, uh, people are, they're going to test new ideas and new things and see what happens. Um, me, myself, if anybody in any kind of power or whatever is listening or any kind of uh, influence. Um, what I, I mean, there, why, why can't you have like a streamer's license that you pay a yearly fee and you're able to live broadcast music? Um, it gets the uh, artist put out there. There's a little bit of money that's made. Um, you're getting these yearly fees because think about the thousands and thousands of streamers that there are worldwide. And, um, you, you can even make it a small fee that's per, like I restream uh, to all, what, four different platforms. So what if you had like a five ninety nine uh you know, per month per platform, you know what I mean? And you're able to play the music and the thousands of streamers that are out there, if not hundreds of thousands of streamers that are out there are paying these fees so that they could play music. Guess what? There's going to be money to be made by these artists, so... I just think it's a win-win. It's an idea that they can look into and right. maybe they can uh, maybe they can polish it up, make it better as far as the business aspect of it is. But, you know, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way that everybody can work together and make it work. So. Right. And the thing is what you're talking about. <clears throat> so, so, so the counter argument from what you just said is if there was something where you paid $5.99 or even let's say let's say you paid what it costs to get Apple Music or Spotify per month. Let's say you pay $10 a month as a streamer to legally broadcast streamed music to thousands of people. <laughs> so you're paying, basically for a thousand people, you're paying the cost of one person to stream you know, music. And you could be like, well, that's not the central point of the video it's gameplay with that in the background that's just like embellishment but there are people on twitch and other places that are literally a picture that just plays music and if that's what you know no, and i and i understand that and i even had an argument for that too because in that re respect if you're if you're caught let's say mm -hmm. you're caught breaking the rules and it's blatant and they have a copy of your video that shows you just having a picture and all you did for you know that whatever an hour even even just 20 minutes 30 minutes if you have 30 minutes or more of just playing nothing but that music because those kind of stations will not get on and change things they just keep playing the music because that's where they rake it in but if you that's a way to catch yeah. those guys and that's a way to say okay you're this channel's banned it's dmca it's uh you know you put those copyrights against it and you know go after it and eventually that platform is going to ban that channel uh because of the dmcas against it um that's what's happening with these right. platforms is they're being strong-armed and so they're they're having to do what they have to do on a business aspect so that they don't get sued i completely understand that but there's a way around all that 
there's a way to to make that work for everybody so that these these uh, uh, streams that are broadcasting nothing but music are held accountable for that. And they're they're uh, blacklisted instead of whitelisted. You know what I mean? There's a there's a way right. to do it. It's just a matter of convincing the music industry and the streaming industry to work together and make that happen. Right. And I think there's there's two more things I want to say about it real quick. Yeah. Uh, one is if you enforce a ban on people who are only playing music with no content, um, where's where's the line? And then that's what comes up with what if you're playing music and then you step away from your computer uh-huh. for like half an hour and it's just a picture of your chair. <laughs> I mean, well, there's plenty of people who do that to we'll just see. let their community talk. But what I'm saying is in those there there are there should be dmcas put against it and there should be a way to say uh to share okay it was between this time and this time of this of this video d and um they you know the the people who research it or whoever does the um the uh follow-ups on it they can watch that clip or that part of it and say okay yeah they're right and it's up to that should be put on the responsibility of the streamer to be quite honest with you because this is a business it's a business and if you don't put it in a business kind of mind even though you're you are you may be having fun and you're having a good time but for the for the platforms this is a business and you have to take that into into account when you're starting to be a streamer um like me i don't give two craps about the money or any of that if i grow awesome i am going to embrace that if i don't and i just give people entertainment i'm going to embrace that too but for twitch d live youtube facebook all those guys this is a business so you have to follow by the rules and if you if you get caught you know, uh, causing them a DMCA and they review your video and you didn't pause your video or stop it because you decided to go ahead and go have dinner for 30 or 45 minutes. That's on you as a streamer. It should be your responsibility to know that if you're paying for that uh, service, that you have a responsibility as a streamer, that if you step away from your stream for what you know is going to be an extended period of time that you stop your stream. And then they should be able to base it on that. There should be maybe a a disciplinary uh, ladder that gets worse as mm-hmm. the more you do it. Um, and, but that is seriously something that they could look into. And those are problems that they could solve. I honestly believe that there is a way to make this work. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll right. type something out and I'll send it to everybody and, you know, we'll have a powwow, so, maybe smoke a peace pipe. We'll so listen that, to some tunes. It'll be great. <laughs> that whole, that whole angle is pretty bad as far as revenue goes for the artist. Um, I think there are two actual solutions that are possible. Um, one could be that you can only stream music um, on channels where it requires a subscription to watch, you know? Ah, yeah. Because then there would be m- an actual money trail. Because they could get a portion of a per- your subscription instead. Right. Right. Because right, be, I mean, be <laughs> well, right now, streamers make about... Well, right now, streamers make about two ninety nine. For every subscription, uh, let's say Twitch, for mm-hmm. instance. So if you have a subscriber, you make two ninety nine out of that five ninety nine a month. The rest of it goes to Twitch. What if, yeah, what if you're making two fifty, and the rest of it goes to the music services? Yeah, I think that sounds actually, fair to me. right. Um, but I think the actual solution that they need to do is Twitch needs its own storefront. It needs its own. It needs to be called Twitch Music. And you have to have it open at the same time that you're streaming on Twitch. That way, um, 
the artist gets to choose whether or not they tell their distributor to put themselves in that store. True. And since I have worked in distribution of music on that side and I know what that is like, um, you would just select it as a store that you want your music in. And the way that Twitch would be able to have to verify whether or not you're just streaming through Spotify or through their verified Twitch music app is it would have to detect that the app was running or something, Yeah, which is not that hard. And by choosing to put your music into this Twitch music store, um, your distributor, whether it be TuneCore or uh, CD Baby or uh, DistroKid or whatever you use to distribute music, it would have to give you a warning that says something like, Twitch music has very low revenue because it only receives pennies from streamers that have ads like activated. Yeah. So like a small streamer that doesn't have ad breaks, you know, is not going to give you any money. So it could give you that, but a lot of people would opt into it for exposure. And oh, um, I agree. I really think that that is something that Twitch needs to do. And I think that's a really cool idea. That is a good idea. If Twitch had its own app, I think it's the only way well, you could regulate. Well, maybe that's why. Because what you're talking about is a lot of reviewing. <laughs> maybe that's why they're you using know? that uh, uh, Twitch uh, soundtrack. Maybe that's how they're going to use that. That could be. Right. Um, because they were originally, yep. you were going to be able to play music through Twitch soundtrack. Now, I signed up to be a part of the testing, but I haven't heard anything as if it's actual running or not. So I maybe that is what that is. That could be. That could okay. be. That's good. I'm going to look into that and uh, we'll have more on that for sure. Because uh, I'm very interested okay. in what they're going to do with that. Uh, that's just it's a big part of watching games on stream. And uh, uh, as far as I remember, for the last 10 years, watching videos on YouTube, I mean, watching gaming videos with a little bit of music behind it, it, it just seems to uh, to you know, take it up a notch and make it more entertaining. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to fix that problem. But yeah. That sounds like uh, I like your idea. I think that's uh, probably what they're doing with that soundtrack. But anyway, let's get on to something new. I got some switch news for you um, among us. Now, guys, this is inner sloths. Huge, huge freaking hit. Um, these guys actually won uh, multiplayer title of the year during the game awards this year um, there, uh, you know, and there's new maps coming, by the way, Um it's going to be pretty cool. But uh, this game, we talked about this a couple of streams back where they expected to have a player base of around 200 to 500 and they expected it to drop off. And instead, it was like uh, within the first, what was it, week, two million uh, consistent players or the first. I can't remember. And the reason why that happened, guys, is because uh, people. Uh, a lot of streamers started hearing about this game and immediately started playing it. And I remember when when I first played it, I mean, it just – you remember, it just took off. It was so crazy. It just went um, nuts. Well, it's uh, it, yeah. it's been released as of yesterday to the uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, there is crossplay. Um, and uh, it, it, it's – yeah, which is completely awesome. And there's really no uh, – there's really no um, – uh, extra benefit to playing on one console or the other or on PC. It's all pretty much the same. Uh, you just move around and try to uh, quietly either kill as many players as you can or solve what the problem is. Um, and so, yeah, man, this uh, 
this game is extremely popular. I'm I'm glad to see that it's moving over to the uh, to the Switch. Um, you're going to have a lot more players on this game. Uh, this is just going to make you know so much money for this company. Inner Sloth is is really it's really cool, man. Um, uh, if you look for the video of uh, their acceptance when they got a multiplayer title of the year, um, and uh, these guys mm-hmm. are actually crying. Uh, they're just so uh, overrun with the popularity of this game and what's happened to them in their careers. Because as you can imagine, their careers are probably just they're probably getting phone calls up the wazoo, you know, um, for opportunities. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing. And it's really cool. But if you get a chance, watch the video. It's uh, very humble people. And uh, it's really cool that these happen to these guys. So um, but yeah. Uh, it's going to the switch and uh, get ready for many, many more players on this game. A uh, little GTA news too. So, uh, what's that? Can I, can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. So people are not going to believe that I never had heard of Twitch soundtrack and that I just pitched the exact thing that they made. <laughs> so I just went over to my distributor. I use distro kid for my music. Uh-huh. So I decided to click on one of my songs that I already have uploaded to platforms and there's the ability to add it to new stores. And of course there's add to soundtrack by Twitch. <laughs> so I'm now adding my music to Twitch awesome, dude. soundtrack. So I guess it's exactly what we were talking about. It's hilarious. It's crazy, but yeah, I love it. So yeah, we just, we just talked through something that Twitch already did. <laughs> You're welcome Twitch. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you guys are really smart. Uh, Grand Theft Auto news. This is for Grand Theft Auto 4. Um, there are still mods happening to this game. And uh, there is a new mod that is out that makes the game look absolutely amazing. In my opinion, uh, GTA 4 just uh, this released back in 2008. Um, but like I said, there's there's dedicated fans to this game like there are with uh, Pokemon and uh Pokemon. I'm sorry. And uh <laughs> and the Sims and, just try to grind wow, my gears. You know, uh, <laughs> there's uh there's tons of fans that are continuing to mod and update the game all the time. Well, um they they've got this game looking really really cool. Um they said that they're going to be updating the uh the visuals. Um they're doing all sorts of tweaks and uh, uh, in-game tweaks and texture tweaks and lighting tweaks. And it's going to just um, basically they said everything that they're doing is actually going to help it connect with today's GTA five audience. Um, so yeah, it will be kind of cool to, to check it out and see uh, what's going on. Um, one of the uh, uh, modders is a guy named uh Hi, Sam, and I hope I don't ruin his name, uh, Kehlani. And uh, they've been doing uh, IC enhancers mods uh, since 2010, and they're working on the new version. And this person is ex- uh, uh, like extremely um, uh, uh, gifted at what they do. If you look at, there's a video called IC Enhancer 4 and Re. I, I hope I don't. It looks like revive, but I and V are capitalized. Um, it's really amazing what they're doing with uh, 
some of this stuff. They're showing some clips and uh, little pieces of mm. the city with uh, volumetric fog and water effects and new trees, which are beautiful, by the way, in these videos. And um, just all sorts of really cool things. Uh, it's it's all about the uh, performance quality of the game. So what they're doing is, you know, let's face it, it's already really, really cool. It already looks really, really neat, but it's going to look so much better. If you just check out the video, you will be absolutely amazed at what's going to happen, guys. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be happening here very, very soon. Um, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see if maybe there's some <laughs> updates to the game. But uh, in the long run, even though there's some cool stuff that's happening to uh, GTA 4, everybody is still waiting and hoping that there's going to be a GTA six. Um, we know how that looks. Um, we've done a couple stories on that and it doesn't look exactly great that that's going to happen. So I wouldn't exactly count on it, but um, who knows, you know, this could be just something that uh, they're um, supporting in order to, uh, you know, keep us busy until they come up with something. Uh, last week, I think I talked about a game mm -hmm. that I played called Spellbreak. Um, and I just I can't say enough about the game. Um, you can get this game on Steam. Uh, you can play it, of course, on PS5 and PS4. Uh, the Xboxes you play it on Switch. Uh, from my understanding, there is crossplay, um, or it's it's ready. It's coming soon, I should say. Uh, that may be coming with the new update uh, that is happening right now. There's uh, it's live. It's called uh, Chapter One Spellstorm. And this is a magic-based battle royale. There's no weapons. It's all spell casting. It's really, really cool. A lot of movement. Um, and uh, the jumping, yeah, it's kind of Fortnite-y in that way, except it's uh, using kind of like a, a levitation ability that only lasts for a certain amount of time. Now, this is really going to be kind of cool. Uh, there was a lot of complaints about the fact that you had one map. Well, um, they're going to be fixing all that. It comes up with uh, chapter passes. There's new map updates. Um, there's all sorts of different things that's going to be happening to the gameplay. Uh, there's going to be new story elements in it. Um, there's going to be 72 quests that are part of the uh, of chapter one. Um, and you're going to be able to unlock uh, gear, all that stuff. It's basically Fortnite. -y. I mean, let's it's, let's face facts. It's a cookie cutter uh, process that they do with a lot of these battle royales. So there's going to be a ton more gear. And it was honestly pretty simple to play and get the gear anyway. Um, but uh, you're going to have a lot more um, uh, density is what they're saying to the world. So there's going to be more places to explore because uh, it really did seem like it was really small and compact. Uh, but it sounds like from the, uh, I haven't updated it yet and taken a look at it, but everything that I've been reading said that it's, it's um, uh, uh, really, really expanded. And uh, in the first uh, three weeks, these guys had had, 5 million players. I mean, that's really kind of huge for a, a brand new game. But then a lot of that hype died because of the fact that the map was small and it was a lot of things were limited. But with updates, you're going to be 
seeing that player base return and you're going to be seeing people stream it a lot more. And of course, a lot of new people are going to come into it. So yeah, it, this is the, uh, a really big opportunity for this game. And I, I really think this game is going to take off. That's just my personal opinion, but this is the opportunity for them to make that happen. And uh, they could be a breakout game that turns into the next competitive thing. I, I would be really uh, 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 happy to watch this on a competitive level uh, to watch people playing this just because the action is so fast and it's everywhere. It's all over the place. And uh, I think it's, it's very uh, uh, intense enough that it would, it would uh, keep uh, a competitive audience um, uh, watching it. So yeah, man, kind of a cool update. Uh, it's a big update. I don't know exactly how much it's just everything I've saw. It said big update. So I'm expecting at least probably eight or nine gigs and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm going to download it and uh, play the hell out of it. That's all I got. Sweet. Sweet. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let me get through my news really quick. Um, <laughs> he said quick. Dang. I should have talked about this. I should have talked about this earlier. Um, uh Cyberpunk uh, had the biggest PC pre-order ever um, with 4.7 million pre-orders on PC, which beat uh, Warcraft's Shadowlands expansion of 3.7 Whatever. Million. So that's that's pretty huge. I do think it's funny that... Cyberpunk also had 4.7 million bugs and Shadowlands only yeah. had 3.7 million <laughs> bugs. <laughs> anyway who's <laughs> laughing now but yeah um uh -huh, that's, that's really big and i wonder if it was slightly uh encouraged by once again the fact that people can't find consoles yeah you get what i'm saying yeah so if your choice is ps4 xbox one i wonder if a lot of people are like you know what i don't usually play games like this on my pc but i am going to since i can't get a you know, a Series X or PS5. Yeah. I really wonder if that's the choice. But I mean, this is one of those games that there were probably people that were like, this is a PC game because it's going to top out all of the other competition, you know? So, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge that it has that big of a pre order. Um, so yeah, I think it had 8.8 .8 million pre orders. Initially, which is crazy that yeah, over half huge. of the pre-orders were for PC. And it um, looks 8 .8 absolutely beautiful on a high-end PC, dude. It looks really good, man. Really good. Yeah. I've been watching some streams, man, and it's wow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there's people over there were laughing at me earlier saying that uh, the best place to play the game is Stadia and stuff. But um that's for yeah console it's probably people. pc that's for console yeah people. this is the thing is when you're in the console mindset there's a lot of people that just don't naturally think of playing on a pc you yeah. know so there's a lot yeah. of people that th they think of a computer as a place to write emails not a place to play video games a lot of people do think that so, way you're right yeah absolutely yeah so you have to get into that mindset when you're talking console versus console and i think the streaming game war is fighting against consoles i don't think it's competing against pc pc is always going to be by itself you know yeah um that being said um kojima 
made a uh, appearance in Cyberpunk 2077. There have been multiple people that were saying that there's a character that looked like Kojima, the creator of Death Stranding and other um, games that Capcom made. Um, so he's a he's a really big game creator. Oh, yeah, we've talked about him before. Him. He's very recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, he's very recognizable. So to have him in a video game, it's it's really funny. And the thing is, he's doesn't he doesn't like serve a purpose in the game. It's an Easter egg entirely. But people say that he like will appear anywhere in the map. Like you can find him in clubs and in dance halls and in alleys. <laughs> like he'll just randomly be anywhere. There's no like method to it. The game just renders him. I wonder different places so. because this is cyberpunk, right? Yeah, I wonder if like he is, in a way, supposed to be like the ghost in the machine kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be a tie yeah. into the story somewhere, man. It could be. It would be cool if they ended up actually using his character in one of these expansions that they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, because um, maybe that's a maybe that's a little hint to it. Maybe people are seeing glimpses of something that's supposed to happen. You know? Yeah. Who knows? And it, it could <laughs> Kojima did tweet out pictures of it to confirm that it was a an official <laughs> collaboration. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, some positive cyberpunk news yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, you talked about Among Us going to the Switch. Um, I'm going to talk about a few more games that we got uh, previews of. Um, basically at the Game Awards, we got a teaser for the Perfect Dark reboot. Yeah from xbox and that is pretty exciting yes um but it's more i think a lot of people are a little bit concerned because they just want microsoft to deliver on these intellectual properties you know if they're actually going to be rebooting this stuff like there's people worried about halo infinite um they did do um what is it called Oh my God, Battletoads. They did Battletoads and some people liked it, some people didn't. So that was a lackluster reception from Battletoads. People are still hoping for Banjo-Kazooie to come back, um, but there's been no confirmation of that. And uh, with Perfect Dark, it's more of... I think people are just hoping that they deliver on the quality of these games because they're getting people hyped up with their IPs and if they don't deliver... It's going to be just like a waste of time for everyone because it's just you can't get people hyped up constantly and then disappoint them. So if Battletoads was received lackluster uh, reviews, um, next is Halo Infinite and they need to step it up. And then after that, I think is Fable. So Fable had the same reaction when they teased that, I think, back five months ago. Yeah. And now with Perfect Dark, it's just like they're going to have to they're going to have to deliver on these IPs that they own because they have the IPs and they have the stuff that people want to see, but they just need the quality to back it up. You're right. And I think there's a little bit of concern about that. So perfect dark looks great. I'm glad that it's a reboot because, um, I don't think people need to play the first two games, especially the second one. Uh, the first one is a classic, but it is so old now that most gamers probably, um, would prefer to not have to replay the original Perfect Dark to play it, this new one. So being a complete reboot is a smart idea. I like that. And uh, I am very excited about that. And um, then there was 
in all uh that show they did this last year too with the game awards um they just previewed stuff that is like way off in the future i think last year at the game awards didn't they preview state of decay three or something it was like 20 seconds or something i feel like they're always teasing things that are coming out in three years which is crazy (laughs) um so we got a teaser for mass effect and um that was basically just to let you know that mass effect still exists and that they're working on it i don't think it's anywhere near being done uh, the same thing with Dragon Age. They tease Dragon Age, but I don't think that's anywhere near being done. Um, they also had a teaser for Ark 2. Um, yeah. We were talking about Ark very recently and about how it just does not perform well on consoles. And uh, it, sometimes it doesn't feel like it performs well anywhere. I don't think it's a well-made game. I think it's a good idea for a game. Yeah. And I think that they lean in on a lot of elements of gameplay that people really enjoy and that's why it was successful but i don't think it's a polished game and i don't think anyone can say that i think arc is rough really yes. rough around the edges yeah it is so to hear about a s- sequel is like this better be like what arc was supposed to be <laughs> with all the money they've made off the original hopefully arc 2 delivers an actually like I hope they like start at square one. I hope they don't use the same engine. I hope that they build it from the ground up to run a lot smoother and look a lot smoother. Speaking of looking smooth, though, is they had Vin Diesel in the teaser. And now everyone's wondering if Vin Diesel is actually going to be in the game or if Uh, it's just to to make people be like. I actually just saw something on that. I actually just saw something on that. And uh, well, you can look it up. There's and, a video, uh, and, let and his character is talking. Yeah, he, yeah, his character is talking in the video. But the thing is, they could just be using it as a teaser. He, he um, says they may have. He says blood makes you related, loyalty makes you family. <laughs> That's a Fast and Furious quote. I'm sorry, I was gonna do his voice too, and I couldn't do it, dude. <laughs> Oh okay. shit! The anyway, thing is, so there's a lot of things that it could be. There's going to be so many fast and just, furious memes with Arc Two. It's going to be all over the place. You just know it. Yeah, uh, they're going to put him on top of a no dinosaur race, and it's good. <laughs> Sorry, they're going to put him on top of a dinosaur, and it's going to be the same meme of him looking at Paul Walker in the other car. But it's him on a dinosaur. Dinosaurs running away. It's going to have Charger on the ass of it. <laughs> Oh my god. Gonna, this is going to be awesome. The dinosaur running in front of a train. I cannot wait to see him. Send your memes to Declassified Cheat Codes podcast. Uh awesome. Anyway, continue my friend. Okay. Um so yeah, the thing is Vin Diesel could just be in this preview because the game may not even be close to being done just like these other games I'm talking about. It could just be them trying to get some hype for Arc 2. Um, It also could be the fact that they saw that Cyberpunk 2077 blew up on the internet when uh, Keanu Reeves was appearing in ads for it, even though his part is very, like, late in the game, I hear. Um, 
this could be one of those things where maybe they got Vin Diesel in the game for like a small part, but they were like, hey, we could though market the shit out of it. <laughs> so maybe they're trying to do a cyberpunk uh, marketing technique with just throwing Vin Diesel in the game to, you know, make people who are not aware of gaming aware of the game. Because that's kind of what Keanu Reeves did for tw- cyberpunk is a lot of people saw the memes of Keanu Reeves telling people that they were uh, breathtaking and we're probably wondering what it was from and having no idea that it was from E3 talking about cyberpunk. So, um, yeah, so Vin Diesel being the face of arc two is really funny, but it's, I mean, some people are probably really excited about it. I know you're excited about it, but, um, we'll see what part he plays in arc two. Um, the next game that they teased was back for blood. And this is being kind of marketed as a spiritual successor to the Left 4 Dead series. So this actually looks really fun, and I'm very excited for this one. Hopefully as the quality of the Left 4 Dead games. And um, yeah, we can only wait to see the actual gameplay on that because the trailer looked pretty cool. It looked like a team-based zombie killing game, and that's awesome. I love games like that. And to see one that's built for current generation, I feel like we didn't have one that was like it for the last generation, which was a shame. But to see one on next gen is awesome, and that's going to be great. I really hope to see it soon. Uh, This game looks like it could be a lot further along than these other games I was talking about that look like they just spent the time to make the teaser, and they have really literally done nothing. (laughs) But... um. Yeah, the, the gaming awards were full of teasers, and uh, I'm not sure. Did we talk last week about what game won? If we didn't talk last week about what game won, Last of Us 2 won the big award. It won a lot of awards. We did? I know I was predicting it, but I guess, yeah, it won the big award. And uh, I, I mean, I'll just add again that I think it deserved it as much as people are polarized by Absolutely, that game. Yeah. I, I freaking I freaking love that game. I want to play it again now. And I just Oh last I just know that totally. my hours of gameplay <laughs> Yeah. I just want to use those hours of wanting to play it again on a different game. So I'm torn between playing it again and using my thirty to forty hours somewhere else. But it it was a blast and it's it's great. It's such a good game. Um Next thing I have in news is that Herman Holst, the head of PlayStation Studios, uh, posted a picture on Twitter of him playing, uh, uh, what was the name of that game? Bug Snacks. He was playing Bug Snacks or something. He just posted a picture on Twitter of him playing it, and it shows his TV, and it shows his PlayStation 5, and his PlayStation 5 was upside down. So we're not talking about upside down in vertical position. It's horizontal. And there's a way that it's supposed to sit horizontal. And he had it backwards, upside down, so that the disk drive was at the top. And now, immediately, people were like, oh, um, if he's from PlayStation Studios, like he knows that that's upside down. There must be a reason he's doing that. People were anywhere speculating that it's just easier to put the disk in if the disk drive is at the top. 
Uh, some people were joking that maybe the discs run better if it's upside down. <laughs> so everyone was getting like really concerned about it. And um, it's just one of those things where when someone that's pretty high up at Sony yeah. is doing something against the marketing, you're just like, hey, is there some reason that we shouldn't be putting it the correct way horizontally if this guy's putting it upside down? And rather than him actually addressing the issue, he edited the photo to not have the PlayStation 5 in it. So it just makes it just reinforces the idea that <laughs> that it is probably better to play with your PlayStation 5 upside down. <laughs> and we don't know why. We don't know if it's because of the disk drive. We don't know if it's because of the way that the heating comes out. But this guy has to know why he's doing that. And he's it doing be, it for a reason. It so. would be interesting for somebody <laughs> to put up like a heat sensor video and do, uh, you know, a one hour test with it regular and then upside yeah. down and and see the difference see if there is a cooling variance and and also take into account with that maybe hook it up to where you could study the you know the the frames the the way it runs the efficiency <laughs> of it because who knows maybe they know something we don't know bastards yeah we could do the experiment ourselves yes, but we could. i mean we're not going to we just um, need no, if, no. We just need uh, Mr. Holst to send us a PlayStation Five, uh, two of them, well, and you're we right. could try two it, of them, yeah. Um, and also an infrared camera would be nice too, so that we could uh, test this theory and uh, prove that no, you know you just this. made a mistake, sir. It, that it means nothing. That your picture means absolutely nothing, right? And that there's nothing behind it. There's no conspiracy or anything. If he sent us two PS Fives, we could prove that for you. It's that easy. We'd be yeah. happy to do it. And when he sends us the two PS5s, um, we can just sell the two PS5s and then buy four PS5s and then sell those PS5s. No, I'm going to keep mine. <laughs> I'm going to keep my PS5. And uh, if, if you want to throw in Cyberpunk with it so I can test it out, dude, I am behind you 100%, bro. <laughs> Herman Holst yeah. for president. Yeah, yeah, we'll do a full test if someone sent us a PS5, like hands down. Absolutely. <laughs> then we'll make the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. I will not sleep um, until that review is done. I promise you that. You can take that to the bank. But he, <laughs> I don't know. You would have to intentionally run something that was pulling more, you know, power than bug snacks it'd have to be cyberpunk that's why i said throw it in throw <laughs> it in so i can give it a proper right. test i mean you know i'm willing yeah. to do this bro i'm willing to do this it's the only option um last piece of news that i have is that uh the united kingdom is um trying to push for bots purchasing online to be illegal they're trying to get this banned and um, this is an issue that came up from obviously PlayStation 5s and yep. Xboxes yep. being largely now more available from resellers in the UK than from retailers. Yep. And um, this is the push that needs to be implemented yep. for retailers to not just be satisfied with making their dollar. The thing exactly. is, as much as we hate bots purchasing every console, um, they create user traffic online they bring people into stores and um it's it's just an eternal cycle that the retailer is not hurting on in any sense of the word 
Unless you count like the annoying questions of do you have a PS5? Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, um, retailers really don't have much of a reason to be um, upset about the stock being out because whenever they get a knee, a bot buys them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the UK is pushing back on this because they're arguing that they should be held, purchasers with bots should be held accountable in the same sense that resellers of event tickets should be, which is interesting. They're saying that if you're purchasing event tickets to resell, you have to disclose your name and all this personal information. Um, if you're buying like uh, concert tickets or, uh, you know, baseball or football tickets. Actually, that's a good that idea. That you have to disclose your name and it has to go through this process because it is a shady practice. They're saying that bot purchasing is exactly the same. And that's a very good comparison. And I think yeah. that... I think that that is an angle that I haven't heard of before, but it is very true because the only reason a retailer would want to crunch down on bots is if, you know, there was legal action against them <laughs> for allowing it. So I, I think, I really hope this comes overseas. Um, the UK seems to always be ahead on the correct um, practices of law. I don't know why. But the U.S. will probably turn its head in two years and yeah. see this as a good choice. But <laughs> I think it's I think um, it's fair because you need to give. Okay, here's the thing. It it's called to me. It's called fair market for a reason. Okay, and that if you if if retailers retailers should actually get behind this, and the reason why is because me as a uh, a consumer. You know, if I have an equal chance as everybody else to try to get one of those and I'm not going to get bought out by some bot because, you know, those bots are working at millisecond speeds compared to us human beings. Well, to me, I'm going to it's it's going to make me want to go ahead and shop at that place. It's going to make me want to continue to be, you know, you know what I'm saying? Now, yes, there are people that will yeah. leave certain retailers because they feel they were cheated, whatever, you know, I could give you examples, but it would get me fired anyway. Uh, <laughs> so it, me as a consumer, yes, I want a fair shot mm -hmm. at that item that I'm looking for. I want to be able to go online and know with some sort of, with some sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, with some sort of, uh, uh, reassurance, reassurance that I'm going to, you know, be able to have a chance, dude. Right. I know people that won't even go online because they know that bots are killing it. And these bots are making, remember the last show you talked about it, they're making anywhere from what, 50 bucks to a thousand something to, yeah. to buy these Xboxes and these Playstations. And then these resellers are selling them for thousands of dollars on eBay and Amazon or whatever. And it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I think it's a good thing, man. I mean, the bots should be banned. I don't think there's anywhere for them on as far as uh, fair consumerism. I think that uh, uh, it's not going to hurt the retailers at all because they're still going to outsell of these things. It's just going to happen. Um, there's going to come a time where everybody's got one. So, yeah, they're not going to sell anymore. But the bottom line is they're going to sell out of these things. You hardly ever see them for quite a while in the stores anyway. So. Yeah, I don't think it, I think retailers should get behind it because it's going to build a little bit more confidence in them as a consumer. That's how I would look at it. And uh, 
you know, for being able to give me the opportunity and the option to buy that item, you know, not some freaking robot. And uh, yeah, it's just a good idea, man. Go UK. Go. Yeah. And yeah, like for me, for one, I'm never going to even for a while. I'm not going to even try to purchase one of these online because I don't have the ability to be as fast as a bot, of course. Um, And I guess the most frustrating thing is the fact that. The fact that everyone is kind of throwing a blind eye to it besides yeah. the consumer. Um, because even Cerny from uh, PlayStation was saying things like, it's the biggest launch we've ever had. Um, it's We've sold s- so many units. like It's unbelievable. We're always selling out. And that's a great angle to take. But I would love to see how many systems they've sold Yes. Compared to how many games they've sold for the play- PlayStation 5. Because even people who are buying the PlayStation 5 for themselves, there's only one exclusive game on it. So they're po- probably buying Demon Souls. And that's probably it. They may buy, if, if someone's buying it for their kid for Christmas, they may be buying it and then buying the PlayStation copy of Sackboy and then maybe also Demon Souls or something. So maybe two to three games. But with so much of the market not allowing people to even have the system, I don't think many people are actually purchasing the games. So in actuality, by retailers preventing consumers from not reselling PlayStations, they're actually hurting the cut of revenue that they would be making off of game sales. Yeah, Um, I don't think games are selling through Amazon or Walmart or Best Buy. at nearly the rate the consoles because no one has a console to play a game on. Yeah. If they had the console, then they would buy several games and very quickly games add up to the price of the system, meaning that percentage that Best Buy, Walmart, Amazon gets would be met. They don't have to be just trying to get rid of all their stock as quick as possible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, with all these systems just sitting in eBay stores, um, that's cutting down on so much yep. uh, actual licensed game selling. So Give the average Joe a chance, gr- man, and you'll sell games with those consoles. That's the right, bottom and that's line. the thing is, I, I guarantee you that they've sold less games than they have systems for the PlayStation Five. You're you're probably very Easily. right. You're probably very. It right. has to be unless people like at were most buying, it's probably an average of one. Unless people were pre-ordering in advance of getting a console, you know. Maybe. I mean, there but for is every, that possibility. Right. But for every guy that has bought five games on his PlayStation 5, there's probably an eBay seller that has bought five PlayStation 5s. Yeah. <laughs> and no right. games. So I feel like I feel like it is probably easily either under one per console or very close. Yeah. You know, it's probably like 1.1 or something crazy. Um, but yeah, just the just food for thought on just the fact that the UK really has it right. These bots should be banned. They should be illegal and it should be treated the same as scalpers, you know, yeah. for events. It should be very transparent because, you know, it's a shady business. And at the same time, uh, it would help the overall industry actually push forward rather than just bottlenecking because no one can get consoles because that's what's currently happening. Yeah, I'm sure. 
I'm sure the fact that people cannot find new systems is also hurting current gen cells. There's people that are not buying games. So like, let's say I, um, let's say I was more of a PlayStation guy. Let's say I'm waiting for the PlayStation 5 to come out. So I'm not buying any more PlayStation 4 games until I get one. Well, now I'm not buying PS4 games or PS5 games because they're not controlling who's purchasing PlayStation 5s, you know? And uh, so it's not only hurting the sales for the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X, it also has the capability of hurting current gen because people are holding out so that they quit purchasing games for their current console. So all around, I'm sure game sales are lower than they should be regardless of if they're down or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um, that's all I had this week. And um, it was a packed show. And I hope y'all enjoyed listening to us talk about the world of gaming. Of course they did. In December of 2020. And you know what's so crazy? <laughs> Everyone's been talking about getting to 2021. But it's it's going to be no different and that's really sad. <laughs> the closer we get to 2021, the more I realize that it's yeah. just going to be an extension of 2020. So It really is. Um, it really is. Not to be depressing, but we are moving forward and there are some lights at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. There are some lights at the end of the tunnel, I'm sorry. And um that being said, um here's to next week with an awesome show and to next year hoping that everything gets back to how it was <laughs> and Hopefully, we can start yeah. to, we can start watching games get developed like normal not games released with bugs or delayed for in eternity you know like but exactly. yeah fingers crossed for 2021 and uh we hope to see y'all there <laughs> <laughs>